0: I heard the Lord say to me and I was driving down my God I heard him say son you're not going to preach your sermon tonight I said but Lord I got it all ready I didn't know what he wanted me to say he didn't say anything to me didn't say anything to me putting on my mic didn't say anything to me in the worship service but right at the end Jenny Right toward the end, I saw something in the spirit, honey. And I'm going to preach it real short because time has already ticked much by. I saw it. I'd never seen this before, Jenny. It's exactly in relation to what's about to come in this next season, which they don't know because I haven't preached to them about it. I'm finding it very hard to wait till October 4th. Yeah, I understand. (laughs) Because, no, I'm serious. And I, and I said, but Lord, what you're talking about, you're starting to spill the beans. You're starting to let the cat out of the bag. Now, you can't do that because you told me not to say nothing until the 4th of October. Well, you can't let the cat out. I don't know where that phrase came from, letting the cat out of the bag. I didn't know that you put cats in bags. But anyway, I said, Lord, you can't, you, why are you saying this? And he spoke to me. He spoke to me. The Spirit of God spoke to me on the inside. And he said, do you remember a little while ago you, you, I started explaining to you about the, uh, the overlap of seasons? Do you remember that, Jenny? And I said, yeah. And he said, like, for example, in 2016, when that 25-year thing uh, was October 2016, and I knew that a new season was upon us, and, but it wasn't really until January. He had assigned it to 2017, October. but in October, uh, October, November, December, there was yeah. starting to be an overlap, yeah. and we started talking about it more, and revelation started to come, but we didn't really know quite what was going on. And then in January, but the, see, there's an overlap season. Now, this is scriptural because even with, with John the Baptist, there was an overlap season. He's the last prophet, the greatest prophet, but he's ushering in the ministry of Jesus. And, uh, and yes, the Jews always bathed and did these ritualistic bath things. You know what I'm saying? But not in the perspective of baptism in a, in a, in a river. They, they had ways that they cleansed themselves and they had all these rules that they had to follow. But not, not, it wasn't, it was a, it's a New Testament thing, water baptism. But at the very end of the Old Testament, they started doing water baptism in terms of John's ministry. He started, you see, because there was an overlapping. There was an overlapping. Uh, you, you, were starting to t- you were starting to taste what was to come, even though it wasn't fully time yet. Yes, Do you understand? Yes, amen. And then Jesus was the ultimate overlap because his life was the bridge between old and new. That's right. And he was giving us an example of what we would live, even though he was in the Old Testament. It was an overlapping season. And then he died and rose again. And then, and then there was that, that, that connection that through him we entered into a brand new covenant. Amen. And then what we saw him do, but in greater measure, that's why I said greater things, because we're in a better covenant. In a new covenant we can do more than what he did because he operated in the old covenant. Do you understand? Yes, and so, and we even see in a, in a broad macrocosm, we see there's a there's an overlapping even in the season, even in what's happening in the world, because there's more, more testimonials over the last 20 years than ever before in history of people going to heaven and coming back and telling us what they saw. And there's more hell being leached onto the earth through Hollywood and through walking the dead and all these stupid shows and demonic shows, which if you're watching, you, I need to cast the devil out of you tonight because you should know better than that nonsense that no Christian eye should ever see that type of filth that's 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 tantamount to mount to pornography it, it, and it's not pornography but it's the same filth do you understand it's filthiness it's in fact let me just say if you're watching any tv you probably need to repent I'm talking I'm serious unless you're watching some very clean shows from uh, oh on yonder year back There's there's hardly anything you can watch that's modernly made. I'm just warning you. If you're watching a lot of modern made stuff, you're back sitting you don't even know it. Because I cannot even get through the first five minutes of most modern made things. My, My spirit is so grieved. The Holy Ghost is so grieved. Because the spirit of the world is on TV today like it's never been on before. It's always been on it, but it's increased a thousand fold. Anyway. That, that leaching is coming on. We're seeing hell leaching onto earth. That's why that walking, that's what people in hell look like. That's, what, that's how they act. Yeah. They're, they're dead, but they're alive. Oh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The Lord showed my wife. She, he, he said to her, he said, all that stuff, it's coming right out of hell. It's coming right out of hell. And, and it's inspired by hell so that earth, see, part of hell is being manifested and shown on the earth yeah. Yeah. by these programs and by all this kind of stuff. And at the same time, part of heaven with the glory of God is being manifested on the earth. So people can see this is what God looks like. Yeah. Yeah. And people can see this is what hell looks like. There is a leeching. There is an overlapping. Do you understand? So you've heard me talk about that before. And we should be wise about these types of things. And so uh, I didn't really understand why he said that to me tonight. And then he said to me, he said, you remember I taught you about the overlapping of seasons? I said, yes. And he said, well, I told you October 4th. Is, is, is I want you to start talking at the beginning of that anniversary season, the beginning of that last quarter of the year, October, November, December. I want you to start talking because that whole season is an overlap in a bigger perspective. Yeah. Yeah. But he said in a microcosm, an overlap within an overlap, if I could put it that way, he said... Uh, I'm having you share some things before October 4th even comes because even from that perspective there's a demarcation line on October the 4th and he said but a couple little things I'm letting them bleed over I'm letting them bleed God always does it he'll bleed it over even before the the, the race starts so to speak and he said now I already did this I didn't realize that's what he was doing but he said remember a couple weeks ago on a Wednesday I said that I don't want you to preach I want you to talk about the mantle I didn't have any notes. It just came right out of my spirit. It just came right out and just flowed out. Do you remember that, Jenny? That was, was that two Wednesdays ago? I think so. Two Wednesdays ago. And I didn't, and we we're talking about the mantle and different things. and I, I didn't, I thought that was just a, just a, a standalone, just a unique, unusual thing. But he said, no, that was part of the overlap for October the 4th. That's right. yeah. And he said, and tonight it's, a, it's again, he said, and I, I, I'm, I was finding it hard to hold back because there's so much that has to be shared in October. And as important as this wonderful series is on being led by the spirit, I must say, I said, Lord, I just, I feel like I've been, I'm, I'm a spring that's ready to snap. And I just, I need you to release me, but I know you won't release me till October 4th. But he, but he said, tonight, I want you just to start to share a little bit because you're, you're close now. And you did it a couple weeks ago. I want you to do it again tonight. But he said, now this Sunday, he said, you finish up that series, this Sunday and next Wednesday, you finish up that series. But he said, then, then October the 4th, he said, I'm going to release you. You're going you're gonna to bounce around like Tigger. Praise God. He didn't say that. I'm just saying that. Remember Tigger with the tail? He bounced around. Well, that's what I'm just, I'm just going to be bouncing around. I'm going to be bouncing around, my God. Hallelujah. But there's even a little mini overlapping into this October 4th uh, release, even tonight. And and I've never, even in all the preparation that I've done, and I've done hundreds of hours of preparation for what is going to happen between October the 4th, October the 1st and December 31st. I've been preparing for months for what's about to come. And you'll understand more when I talk about October 4th, when I talk about it then. You'll understand what God is talking about and what he's, what he's focusing on. Because on August the 2nd, early in the morning, very early in the morning, uh, I had an encounter with God. This August the 2nd, last August the 8th, I was on that cruise when God started talking to me about Hebron year 2020 and the years to come. But he only showed me a part. And then this August the 2nd early in the morning, that was a Sunday morning, early in the morning, he started talking to me specifically about this year, this year. Yes. And, what, and there's four distinct sections of 2020. And he showed me what all four of them were, exactly where we were right then on August the 2nd, and what is to come. And he started, and I'm going to share that with you on the 4th. So I've been, I've been spending a lot of time waiting on God and praying and seeking God about what is to come in this last quarter. And then of course, what's going to be coming in the new year. And in all of that praying and in all of that seeking, I've never seen this, what he showed me standing there tonight. There's so much more that God has. Sometimes we think, well, I've got it all now. Because you think you got it all, right? Because he showed a lot. But I never saw this. And I saw it in a flash. And I said, oh, my God, Lord, I never saw that before. And he said, I know you didn't, but I want you to preach that tonight. So I want you to turn with me in your Bibles, please, to the book of, and we'll be short, to the book of uh, 1 Kings. 1 Kings. (laughs) I saw it, Jenny, just like a flash. I said, Lord, I never saw that before. He said, I know you didn't. That's why I want you to preach it tonight. Mm -mm -mm, I'm telling you, there's something coming, honey. There's something coming. I saw it like a storm, like a storm. You ever looked over on the horizon and you can see, you can actually see the rain falling and it looks like a haze almost. You can see those dark clouds, but they're far off. And you're, you're not in that, but you can see it over there. And if you keep driving toward it, when you kind of get to that zone, man, it's just torrential rain. Have you ever seen that? But you know you can kind of tell the dark clouds and you can see actually the rain kind of in a haze falling. It was like that, but, but instead of that haze, it was like static electricity. I don't know how to describe it, but I saw that what looked like that kind of a, an image of the clouds, but the clouds weren't black like you would normally see. The clouds were like shining, glistening white with lightning coming out of them. I don't know how to describe it to you, but I saw the clouds, I saw the earth, and I saw this haze in the middle, but it was full of different colors and static electricity. and It was moving. It was like it was alive. And I, what, I said, Lord, what is that? And he said, that is the storm of my glory, and it's on the horizon. I'm telling you, you get people standing in that storm, the devils will come out of them. Yeah. The, 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 they'll get off, the, the arms will grow out. They'll stand up off, off, out, of, out of wheelchairs. Uh, the, if they're sat- they could be Satanists. They could be that far gone. They'll fall on their face and give their heart to Jesus. There's a storm that's coming. I'm telling you, there's a storm that's coming. And the congregation must keep pace with the Holy Ghost if we're going to see it birthed. The days of, 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 uh, of lackadaisical lethargy are over. They're over. You, you can choose to continue with them, but we're not. Me and the leaders, we're moving forward. And me and this congregation, we're moving forward because I want to get in that storm. I want that storm to come into this sanctuary. I want to see broken people. Broken people full of hell come and stand in that glory and see the power of God wash it off them. And they, and they look and their face is a shining light like an angel. I want to see it, Jenny. There's so many hurting people. Oh my God, I heard him say it. I'm telling you, I know I'm all over like a tigger. I'm a tigger tonight. But I heard him say it. I heard him say it. He said, I heard him say it. I can't say everything, but I'll say this. I heard him say there's a new anointing for casting out devils that is coming after the season. He's talking about January 1st. He said there's a new anointing coming on you to cast out devils. Oh, my God. And then, I, and then it wasn't just me, but I saw congregation members. All oh, I saw Mary Chris specifically and others, Sandra and others. But, but I saw a whole group of, and they're out there in their regular life. And I saw them with a boldness. Yes. I, they're not like that. They're, they're not. I, I, Sandra's bold anyway, but she's not like that. What I saw was not Sandra. It was like she was a different human being. It's like a roar came out of her. And I saw her grab this woman by her ears and say, come out. And that devil came out and she fell down like a dead fish. And she got up with the light of God shining out of her face. I saw flashes like that all over. Congregation members doing that. And I said, but Lord, you said the anointing's coming on me. Why am I seeing it on them? Heard him say, because it comes from the head down. It comes from the head down, 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 down. Any person that desires it, it'll come on them. Amen. Oh my God, I'm telling you, there's something coming, my brother and sister and all these religious churches, they're either going to hate us or they're going to love us, but they're going to be forced to make a decision because people these days, listen, they can't even open their churches for COVID. I don't think they're going to like this kind of boldness, but it's coming, Reverend Greg. It is coming. Thank God we're on the radio. Let's hope they don't kick us off because we're going to start, we're going to start talking about, we're going to start talking about, hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah. My God, even my son, even my, my firstborn son. He said to me a couple days ago, he said, Daddy, there's a boy in my class. He, crouch, he crouches down and he cries in the corner like an animal. And he weeps and he cries and he can't, he's not normal. There's something wrong with him and people mock him. The teachers won't help him. They don't know what to do. Other people call him names and bully him. And he's not normal. There's something wrong. And the compassion of God came all over me. The compassion of God came all over me, and I began to weep. He didn't know that, but I began to weep for that young man. And I said, son, there's going to be an opportunity God's going to give you. And when God puts you in front of him, I need you to be bold. I need you to be bold. He said, Daddy, I'll I'll do my best. I'll do my best. And yesterday, he had an opportunity. It was yesterday, right, buddy? He had an opportunity. Was it today or yesterday? Today. And, 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 he, and he had an opportunity. God supernaturally worked it so that they were away from other people, away off the property of the school, away from the prying eyes of the teachers and all the people that, that hate the gospel. And he was able to look at him and, and, and he, he told him in this simple 15-year-old way, there are things called demons. And there are demons inside of you. But the, the difference between me and everybody else in the school is, I know Jesus. Would you let me pray for you? This is my little Quinn. And he looked at him for the first time. He doesn't make eye contact with it. He looked at him and he said, yes. And he laid his hands on him and he commanded those devils to come out of him. And, he, and then he had a word of knowledge. I don't think he even knew it was a word of knowledge because he started saying, and those voices that are speaking to you to kill yourself. That was a word of knowledge, Quinny, because you didn't know that. And he looked up at him like this, like when somebody does that, it means that's an acknowledgement. Yes, those, I'm hearing voices to kill myself. And he said, those voices are the devil. Don't you do it. I'm talking, listen, this is what we need. We need the young generation to rise up with righteous indignation, might. Not in rebellion to the leadership, but with a heart beating with God's love and compassion. And take these people, Taylor, they're like animals. The devil has reduced them to animals. They can't look at people. They can't speak right. They're in the corner crying, like whimper, whimpering, like little animals. That's how the devil breaks people. And these schools, and listen, I love teachers and I applaud teachers, but, this, but the, the, the world system is so ridiculous. They applaud the ones that do nothing. Yeah, true. The teachers step past them, unable to do anything. Right. And yet the ones that have the power to change, they mock and ridicule and say, you're narrow-minded bigots, yeah. you Christians. And yet we have the power to change their lives. Amen. Now you wait, Quinny, you watch. The Spirit of God came on me in intercessory prayer for that young man later, to, or later on this afternoon. And you watch; there's going to be a change in him. God's going to give him dreams. God's going to—I'm telling you—an angel might show up in his room. I believe that he'll even come to you and find you and say, "I need to talk to you about stuff." I believe he's going to get gloriously born again and totally set free. But this is just what this is one. This is one case. There are you, you, there's so many cases. There's countless cases of people. Especially with our society now that has opened the floodgates to hell. Hollywood has opened the floodgates in their, in their living rooms. The government has opened the floodgates with their laws. And there is just a hell on, on, on this, there's just a hell that's flooding in. And thank God for Christians that can stand up and say, uh, You're not going to cross me. You're not going to cross me. You're not going to pass on my watch. No, 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 no! You're going to stop right there. I don't care what you say about me or how you hate me. You're going, to, you're going to listen to me. I'm going to cast. Do you want to be free? If you want to be free, I'll set you free. If you want to stay in bondage, then enjoy it. Go your way, and, go, and you're going to literally go to hell because that's where you're going. But I'm offering you, and I'm offering you a rescue. It's going to have to happen on a greater scale. I'm telling you, there's something coming, Jenny. I saw it. I saw a storm of the glory on the horizon. You get people in that storm, I don't care what their problem is or who they are or how hateful they are of God, they'll change. If they get out of that storm and they don't change, they're destined for hell. There's no hope for them. Because when you see Jesus and and his love and his manifestation and you still reject him, and many will do that. Many are so hardened in their heart that they they will reject God. And we don't focus on those because those are lost. We focus on the millions that will say yes. yes. Reverend Greg there's something coming brother I don't know how to say it I know I keep repeating myself but I just know the Holy Ghost needs me to say it tonight he needs me to put it on record there's something coming I hear that word of prophecy a new season is upon you a new season is upon you there's a new season starting October and then there's another new season starting January it's upon us it's going to be gloriously exciting And Elijah the Tishbite, 1 Kings 17.1. Can you look there in your Bibles, please, with me? 1 Kings 17.1. And Elijah the Tishbite, who was of the inhabitants of Gilead, said unto Ahab, As the Lord God of Israel liveth, before whom I stand, there shall not be dew nor rain these years, but according to my word. And he went to the brook Cherith, and he goes on and on. You know the story. God sustained him, did he not? Hallelujah. And the the lady there helps him. Verse 20 and 21, he stretches out on her son, raises him from the dead. You know all of that. She says now, verse 24, I know that thou art a man of God, and that the word of the Lord is in thy mouth. Now go to chapter 18. (laughs) I didn't see this, Jen. And it came to pass after many days that the word of the Lord came to Elijah in the third year, saying... Go show thyself unto Ahab. And I will send rain upon the earth. And Elijah went to show himself to Ahab. And there was sore famine in Samaria. Did you notice there that three years. Three years. There wasn't rain or dew. There wasn't anything happening. There was a season. There was a season. Three years. I'm not saying it's exactly, exactly the same. But the Lord brought that to my He brought that to my attention. He said, did you notice it was three years? That was in the third year. I don't exactly know what time. But he said, did you notice three years? I said, Lord, yes, I knew that, but I never connected it. And the Lord started to uh, remind me, you'll hear a lot more on October 4th, but I saw it from another perspective. He said, now, I started talking to you in 17, and I talked to you in 17, I talked to you in 18, and I talked to you in 19. And there were three years that had the focus on 2020. I kept telling you 2020 is coming. It's a year of takeoff. I'm saying some things in 17. I'm starting some things in 18. I'm settling some things in 19. And in 2020, there's going to be a takeoff. And I, I, didn't, I didn't see that before, that there was three years there that, that after he said it, it time was burning. Yeah. Because something great's about to happen. And this is when Elijah comes back after that season. And I believe that season where Elijah came back and said, now the season is over. It's three years is over. God's going God's to gonna show up and bring rain. I believe that represents the season we're in right now. That this season of preparation and the season of waiting and the season of not seeing that much from a, from in terms of what we're looking for in terms of the greater anointing. We haven't really seen that much over these, over these three years. But I believe that the word of the Lord is coming to say uh, that season has come to an end. And this is the season. This is the 2020 year of Hebron. This is the season to sit down in that anointing like King David. This is a year to pick up that anointing like Elisha. This is a season, this is a season where that drought, so to speak, is coming to an end and where a rain is going to start to fall. Amen. It's this year, honey, this year. That's what he had said for three years. He said, you look, you look in the future to 2020. 2020 is going to be the year, son. So don't, don't you get distracted because the devil did a sideshow in 2020. Be totally. Don't, don't even consider what he's doing. God said, this is the year. The devil's trying to distract from that. God said to us, this is, I don't know about the rest of the body of Christ. I just know this church. He said to us, this is the year. This is the year that you're going to like David sit down in some things. This is like the year that like Joshua, you're going to, you're, you're going to go and uh, take that fortress of Jericho and you're going to start the, 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 the promised land invasion. This is the year he said to us, this is the year of takeoff. This is the year where, 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 the, where your grand purpose, the purpose of a plane is not to sit on the tarmac. The purpose of the plane is to fly. Yeah. That's its destiny. And that's why he called it takeoff because it's, it's going to be a, an acceleration and then something is going to start to break loose. Yeah. He's talking about things of the spirit, not things of the natural. He's talking about things of that mantle and that anointing, that mantle that we've been talking about for so long. Yeah. Yeah. But I never, I never, he never used this story with Elijah as an analogy to me until tonight. But there was a season of time where there, was, where there was drought, there was nothing, there was, do you understand, there, there, was, there was anticipation for it to change. And there's been a season of time for us where there's been anticipation for things to change. And he's told us in advance. This 2020 is going to be your year. I want you to pay attention in the spirit because something's going to change in this year and all the years after are going to be different. It's going to be a marking. It's going to be a demarcation line in the spirit. You're going to look back in the years to come and you're going to say 2020 was the dividing year. Everything before that was one way and everything after that was a different Amen. way. I'm telling you. Amen. And I see this, this man now, uh, He's three years of uh, this, is, uh, this has happened and then he comes and he tells the king, he says, now things are going to change so would you look with me uh, <clears throat> praise God go show yourself to Ahab and I will send rain upon the earth and Elijah went to show himself unto Ahab and there was a sore famine in Samaria okay go in there just go down I'm looking for I'm looking I didn't have time to prep this as I told you praise God uh, anyway he, he's, he's remember Ahab's looking for him all this time right And he can't find him. And so this guy, uh, one of the servants here, is really scared because he comes to him. I'm giving you the summary. He comes to him and says, I'm going to show myself to Ab. And he says, listen, Ab's been looking for you. Jezebel's been looking for you. And if I go and tell them that I found you and then you disappear, then they're going to kill me. And I'm a good man. I've hid the prophets of the Lord from Jezebel. So don't, don't, don't deal harshly with me, Elijah. If you say you're going to do this, then do it. So that's the, the summary of all these different verses here. Okay. Uh, so now verse 18. And he answered and said, I, uh, okay, let's look at. Uh, uh, so Obadiah went and met. Obadiah was the guy that he's talking to that's afraid. Because he thinks, he thinks this is. He's going to get in trouble because he's going to promise Ahab and then Elijah is going to disappear. So he says, so Abedai went to meet Ahab and told him, and Ahab went to meet Elijah. And it came to pass when Ahab saw Elijah, then Ahab said unto him, Art thou the, trouble, the one that troubles Israel? You see the accusation? It's Ahab's sin that caused the drought, but he's attacking the man of God. And that's exactly what the world said. That's, that's what Canada, that's what the government says to the church. Are you the one that's troubling our nation? It's your, it's your ungodly laws and sin that's opening the door. And we're the ones with the standard of righteousness. And you're asking us if we're the one troubling Israel? Yeah, yeah. And he answered, I have not tripled, troubled Israel, but thou and thy father's house, in that you have forsaken the commandments of the Lord and has followed Balaam. Now therefore send, now this is the, this is the I'm telling you, this is glorious. Now send me uh, and gather unto all Mount Carmel the prophets of Baal, 450. And it goes on, all the ones in Egypt, you know the story, right? My focus is not on the prophets of Baal and the fire, but it's a glorious story to read anyway. But for sake of time, I'm going to skip it. But you know the story. They call the prophets. Everyone comes. There's a showdown, remember? He tells the people, you're going to have to choose, remember? And they they dance and shout and buck and snort and everything, and they cut themselves and wail, and there's no power. There's no fire. And then he pours water, 12 pots, and then he pours another 12 pots, and it fills the ditch. Remember, water, this is a drought. Water is the most precious substance. It's more precious than gold and yet he's dumping. See, that's a sacrificial offering. He's taking what is precious in the land and offering it to God. See, it, show, it shows the heart of sacrifice. Father, we're willing to sacrifice what's precious to us. And that's, that's something that we all have to look to. Are we willing to sacrifice what's precious to us? He was willing to sacrifice the water. It was more precious than money in, in a three-year drought. And it fills all the ditches, member, and everything. And then he calls upon the name of the Lord. And let's read that now. And, uh, and he's uh, due a second time. The water ran down about verse 35, verse 36. And it came to pass at the time of the offering of the evening sacrifice that Elijah the prophet came near and said, Lord God of Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, let it be known this day that thou art God in Israel and that I am thy servant and that I have done all these things of thy word. Hear me, O Lord, hear me, that this people may know that thou art God and that thou hast turned their heart back again and the fire of the Lord fell. Oh, what a sight. I wish I could have been there and seen that. that I mean, physical fire came out of heaven. Think about, it's not a fairy tale. Fire actually came out of the sky and came down to a place where the altar was and consumed the burnt sacrifice and the wood and the stones and the dust and licked up the water that was in the trench. And when all the people saw it, they fell on their faces and said, the Lord, he is God. Well, I should think so. I think, yeah, I should think that that's your response. when people, When rebellious, half-hearted Christians see the power of God... If they've got any kind of heart in them whatsoever, they'll fall on their face and say, the Lord is God. The Lord is God. Elijah said to them, take the prophets of Baal. I've stood right there. I've stood right there, right in that spot where he said it. Take the prophets of Baal, let not one of them escape. And they took them, Elijah brought them down to the book Kishron. It's a tiny little brook. You stand on the top of this mountain, Greg, and you look down and it's a tiny little brook down. It looks about four or five hundred meters down the face. And it's just, you would hardly even notice it. Only reason you know it's there, you can't really see the water because it's so small. But there's like a, a cut line in the grass. That's the only reason you know it's there because it's like a dark line in the grass. It's just a tiny little brook. But he takes them down to that brook Kishron. This is the Old Testament, this is not the New Testament. But boy, you didn't want to mess with God in the Old Testament because you'd lose your head. He took them down and he killed them. Every one of them. Now, can you imagine 400 people that know they're about to die? You know, can you imagine how many? They, they, you need a whole army of people to hold them. Yeah. They're going to be screaming and, and wetting themselves and wailing and trying to escape. and lo- You know, they're, they're, they're frantic. They know that they're going to die. And, they, and, they, and they, there was a whole army of those, those Israelites that had seen the fire that had to hold those prophets in place. And one at a time, they brought him to Elijah. And one at a time, he slew them with the sword. I know it sounds vulgar, but that's the way you dealt with stuff. That's the way there was zero tolerance. Zero tolerance in the Old Testament. Thank God we're in a season of mercy. But that same zero tolerance, there's a measure of zero tolerance with God in a measure. It's different in the New Testament. But but, but when you're in the glory of God and people start to make fun and mock and do stuff, uh, there's a judgment that comes. There's a judgment, I'm telling you. And, and we don't kill physical people, but there's a, a zero tolerance for sin. Yeah. I guess that's what I'm trying to say. There's a zero tolerance for darkness Amen. when the power of God gets to flowing. Amen. Anyway, are you with me now? Amen. And uh, where are we? What verse was that? 41. forty-one. No, not 41. Forty. forty-one. <clears throat> and and not, none of them escape. And he brought them down to the book of Kishron and slew them there. Now, this is what I wanted to get to. And Elijah said to Ahab, get thee up, eat and drink. Huh. Ahab represents the carnal church. Yeah. He's, he's, a, he's a Jew. Yeah, he is. He's in the covenant, yeah. but he's not a spiritual man. Yeah. He's married a devil named Jezebel, right? He's, he's enacted in ungodly laws. He's gone and stolen Naboth's vineyard and murdered him, which was a direct violation of the covenant. Because of Israel law and land inheritance and how it passed. He is representing a man of covenant, but a man completely carnal. Dishonorable to God. Yet he's a man of covenant. Do you understand? Are you listening to me? Because this is what I wanted to do. This is what I saw the flash of at the beginning of the service. There are a certain group of Christians. There are certain types of Christians. Hopefully, none of them are in our church. But I'm just telling you, there are certain types of Christians where at the moment... Where action is needed, that all they're thinking about is their flesh, eating and drinking, yeah. doing what feels good, doing what they want. Yeah. But an action is needed to bring the rain. Yeah. You can't count on carnal people when, you, when an action is needed because all they want is to appease their flesh. Yeah. Did you notice that he didn't ask Ahab, Ahab, you're the, you're the leader of the nation you're the king. You should have a part to play in this. Come with me and let's pray together. Did you notice he didn't ask Ahab to pray? What did he tell him to do? He told him, you go and fill your face with pie. That's really what he's saying. Go get drunk and fill your face with pie because that's all you're good for. All you know how to do is satisfy your flesh. So why don't you go and satisfy your flesh? I'm going to go and meet with God. Because people like you don't cause any change. People like you are the reason we're in the problem that we're in. But people like me, people that know how to seek God, people that know how to put their flesh under, I'm the one, and people like me, I'm the one that knows how to make things turn. So why don't you go fill your face with pie, and I'm going to go and seek God. Now you have a choice, what kind of a, who, who, what are you, in this season, there's a season that's changing, it's upon us, three years have passed, and this is our year, but it's going to take something, and you'll understand more on October 4th what I'm talking about, but God's giving you a little hint tonight, he's bleeding over, there's an overlap tonight into about what's about to happen, and this is spiritual. This is not my, my intentional doing. This is spiritual. God decided to do that tonight. Yes. But, but he's giving you a little bit of a hint. There's something coming. There's something glorious coming. Amen. But it's going to require a certain action. Yes. Yeah. It's going to require a certain measure of, of prayer and seeking God. In order to change some things. It's going to require a certain measure of prayer. In order to sit down on that throne. Like David. It's going to require a certain measure of prayer. In order to pick up that mantle. It's going to require something that we've not done before. And that our flesh doesn't like. But three years passed. Of waiting. And now they're at the moment of change. Well three years have passed for promise of life. Waiting. And now we're at the moment of change. And some that are carnal. Just want to eat and drink. And others that are spiritual are going to say, Pastor, I take, I take it up with you now. Elijah, I'm with you. Elijah, I'm with you. I, I'm not going to go stuff my face with pie. No, no, no. That's not the season. It's not the time for that. There are times to celebrate and this is not one of them. There are times to just relax and go on vacation. This is not one of them. I recognize in the spirit. That's why God said by the spirit, don't be dull of sight and don't be dull of hearing. Recognize, hear what the spirit is saying and see what the spirit is doing in our midst in promise. This is a season of change for us. This is a season that's very important to God. You'll understand more on October 4th, but you can at at least accept that and acknowledge that and meditate on that and be able to digest that tonight. We're in a season of change. Just like this season with Elijah, with, with Elijah, he had a season of waiting and now there's a season where it's upon us. Amen. It's upon us. The rain is supposed to fall. Amen. We've had a season of wait, 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 wait. And I'm telling you by the spirit God is telling this congregation there, the season is upon us. The season of change is here. Yeah. But it's going to require something. Yeah. It doesn't come cheap, even though it's free. It's going to require a price. And you can't count on the carnal Ahab to pay the price because all he wants to do is eat. It represents satisfy his own desires and his fleshly needs. Do you understand? But there's always a group like Elijah that are willing to pay the price in the season of change. So he says, you go, go ahead now and do your eating and drinking. And what, did he, what, what is he going to do? He said, for there's a sound, get thee up, eat and drink, for there's a sound. He hears it in the spirit, Jenny. Yeah, amen. There's no rain physically falling, nope. but he hears in the spirit a sound of an abundance. There's nothing that I can see in the natural, but I'm hearing. I've been hearing for a couple months now, and I'm saying it by the Spirit tonight. I can hear the sound. There's an abundance coming. I can see in the Spirit the storm of the glory of God coming. Amen. See, He is, He's saying what is coming. He's telling them. You can't see it yet. You can't feel it yet. You can't touch it yet. But there's something coming. Amen. Do you see that? Yes, amen. I'm trying to tell you there's something coming. You can't see it or feel it with your emotions and your five senses. Neither could Elijah. But he said, I hear it in the spirit. There's a sound of an abundance of rain. He knew, Greg, there's something coming. The season of drought is over. The season of waiting is over. The season for the glory has come. The season for the mantle has come. The season for the assignment has come. I can see it. It's coming. Now you're going to go and do your flesh thing, but I'm going to go and pay the price to get that rain. Amen. And that's what God wants me to tell this congregation. You do whatever you want. I'm not judging you and I'm not manipulating you. Do what you want. But I'm telling you, congregation, I as your pastor, I'm about to go and do something to pay the price for the rain to fall. And you'll understand more on October 4th, but I'm going to do it. And, and 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 you do whatever measure or portion that is in your heart, but please, for the love of Jesus, don't be an Ahab. Don't sit by watching everybody else pay a price. Don't sit by watching everybody else run while you sleep. Don't sit by watching everybody else pay a price in prayer while you stuff your face and do whatever you want and say, "I'll ride their coattails." It's not right. It's not right. Amen. I'm almost done. I know some of you want me to be done. No. no, it's okay. I'm not offended if you do. It's okay. I understand. It's not the easiest message, but I heard him say, you, talk, you say it, son. You say it. You say it. you say it. So he went up to eat and drink and Elijah went up to the top of Carmel and he cast himself. He cast himself. He didn't gently sit down. Right. When you cast yourself like this, it speaks there's an intercessory burden of prayer because you can't. I've had that. Where, the, where it's so on me, it's so, Pastor Nancy's told me she's had that. Where it's so on her she can barely wait to get away from the prying eyes and she casts herself down on the bed or on the floor and she just begins to unload the burden of prayer. That's why it says he cast himself." It's, it's, an, it's an important phrase because it shows us it shows us there was a great burden on him, or he would, he would have just gently, you know, politely, appropriately, sat down or knelt down in a more normal fashion. But to cast yourself, it means in the Hebrew, it's an aggressive word. It means being overwhelmed. you can't stand anymore. and he cast himself upon the earth. Do you see that? He cast himself upon the earth and put his face between his knees. I'm not being funny with this, but but he really he put his face between his knees. It's like a birthing, and I don't get weird because the Christians they get weird with that, and then they have birthing parties and birthing prayer meetings and all this nonsense. I'm not talking about being strange with this, but I'm the point is is that he was in a physical position that that illustrated a spiritual truth. He's in a place of deep prayer. He's, 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 he's trying to change. He's birthing a change of season. I'm telling you, Jenny. I had a nice sweet sermon ready tonight for the, being led by the Spirit. I didn't expect this, but I saw it in a flash. I saw him on Mount Carmel. And I heard the Lord say to, you, say to me, it had been three years for him. And then the time for change had come, and he prayed. It's been three years for you. The time of the mental has come. Pray. Glory to God. Yes, sir. Yeah. Amen. Yes, sir. It's time. Yes, it is. I already know what I'm going to say October 4th because he told me all of it on August 2nd. But, but he's, just, he's just giving a little bit of an overlap here. He's letting it bleed over to give you a little bit of a hint of what's coming in this, in this last season of the year. Amen. Please don't be an Ahab in this season. Amen. Jesus loves you anyway. Sure but you will, relo- you will lose rewards in heaven. Amen. God is watching you, how you respond to the season. It's very important. Yes, yes. Be, be, uh, be an Elijah. He cast himself upon the earth and put his face between his knees, verse 43. And he said to his servant, so there was somebody with him. Praise God for the ones that go with us. Go up now, look toward the sea. And he went up and looked and said, there is nothing. And he said, go again seven times. And it came to pass at the seventh time that he said, behold, there ariseth a little cloud out of the sea like a man's hand. And he said, go up, say to Ahab, prepare thy chariot. And get thee down that the rain stop thee not. And it came to pass in the meanwhile, oh my God, that little cloud wow. turned into a whole swarm of clouds yeah. literally in minutes. Yeah. Yeah. But did you notice he didn't wait for the whole clouds to become black to give the instruction? Right. He had, it was enough when he saw the little tiny cloud. That's faith. We don't have to see the whole revival to know that it's coming. When we just start to see the first flicker, we can say, ah, there's a, the there's a first flicker. There's the, there's, the, there's the cloud the size of a man said, it's, it's on the way, boys. You might as well act. You might as well, you might as well move. It's coming. It can't be stopped now. You see, the carnal man wants to see it all black with clouds before he gives the order. But the spiritual man, the faith man says, if I see even the tiniest I know. And I'm telling you, there's, there's, coming, there's coming something this fall where we're going to be casting our face uh, upon the earth and putting our face between our knees to pray. It's coming. And I believe at the end of it, before January 1st, honey, we're going to see that first flicker yes, and we're going to give the order. Let's, let's, let's go. It's coming. It's, it's a sign for January. It's a sign for 2021, but we're going we're gonna to start to see. We're going to pay a price for it. We're going to pay a price for it. Don't be the one eating pie while we pay a price. Pay a price with us. Jesus, Jesus needs every one of us to pay the price. He doesn't just need me. He needs all of us to pay the price. And in the meanwhile, the heaven was black with clouds and wind, and there was a great rain, and Ahab rode. And went to Jezreel. Jezreel was the capital of Samaria, which was the northern kingdom. And that's where he ruled from because he was the king of Israel. Israel's in the north, Judah's in the south. And so if you know where, where where Elijah is, this is right on the coast, Mount Carmel. It's northeast, uh, n- northwest Israel, right on the coast. And so he's riding across across the Jezreel Valley which is the valley of Armaged- where Armageddon where Armageddon's going to be held he's growing through the Jezreel Valley it's a flat land and he's going toward Jezreel which is the city of the northern kingdom where Jezebel lives his wife lives and that's where he rules from and he reigns from and he's riding now the king is not going to have a broken down donkey the king is going to have the best chariot that the land offers he's going to have the best horse that the land offers do you understand and he's riding full steam ahead with a horse and chariot that's faster than any man can run and the hand of the Lord, verse 46, came upon Elijah and he girded up his loins. What does that mean? They would wear these long dress looking things, right? You can't really run that much in that. He picked up the bottom of that thing and he, that's what he means, girding up. He, he picked it up so that his legs would, be, would not be limited and would not be hindered by the garment. Because that's how they dressed. He picked up, he girded up his loins. My God, Jenny, and ran before Ahab to the entrance of Jezreel. You ever seen those old Superman movies? Not the new ones, but the old ones where he's running. It's really bad graphics. But have you ever seen those back from the 70s and 80s where, you know, he's learning. He's a teenager and he's learning his powers and he runs and it's really cheesy. But you see him running and the camera speeds up and he goes past the train and past the cars. And it's like he's like almost like a blur, like da 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 well, that's Hollywood's version of running beyond what a human being can run. You know, that actually happened in real life. God's hand came upon the man that prayed and he began to run supernaturally. He outran a horse. He ran physically. Think about it, It's not a fairy tale. A man ran by the power of God and outran the fastest horse in the kingdom. I can just imagine Ahab's going, the carnal man. The carnal man is going. He's going because the man of God paid a price and the carnal man's going and all of a sudden he's got the best transportation and he looks to his left and there's, there's Elijah. Shh. Can you imagine what he must have thought? What? Shh. Go faster, Willie. Go faster. And there's Elijah. He's gone. And he gets to Jezreel before the man with the fastest horse. You know what this represents? Yes. Elijah is people of the Spirit, yes. people of prayer, people of the Holy Ghost, yeah. people that are willing to pay a price, and, and, and we're covenant people. But Ahab's a covenant person too. He represents the carnal ones, the ones that are fleshly and behind. They're always behind. They're always lazy. They're always lax days ago. They're living in sin. They're married to sinners. They're just. They're just. They're just. Bleh. And yet sometimes they have better equipment than us and they have more money than us, but the best that the carnal has to offer is nothing compared to the one with the anointing. Yes. This is going to be, you to, are You mark my words, this 2021 is going to be the beginning. Yes. I say it by the Spirit. Yes, it's what Dad Dufresne prophesied all those years. Yes. This 2021 will be the beginning. I didn't say it will be the culmination, the climax or the end, but it will be the beginning of the Spirit Church overtaking the flesh church. It will be the beginning of the spirit church, the Elijah church, overtaking in momentum, overtaking in, in accomplishments for the kingdom of God, the carnal Ahab with his pie-filled face. I'm serious. This is going to be the beginning. Dad talked about it all the time. He said there's a flesh church and there's a spirit church. And he said, right now, don't be moved because it looks like the flesh church is winning. It looks like they're bigger and they're more powerful and everybody loves them and they're flocking to them. And the spirit churches, the ones that hold a standard, the ones that hold up a banner of righteousness, the one that says, no, you can't sleep around, that's against God's law. No, you can't do that. No, you can't do that because we're going to live right. We're going to live holy before God. We're in the world, but we're not of the world. That's the spirit church. We're not seeker sensitive and and, and bending our will and our doctrine and compromising to impress everybody. Yeah. We're, we're not, we want people to come, but we're not gonna, we're gonna hold up a standard of what God's word says, and we're not embarrassed. And if you don't like it, then leave. God will bring more because there's hungry ones that want that standard. And he talked about it for years and he said the spirit church has been maligned while the flesh church swells And he said the day is coming where the spirit church will overtake the flesh church And I heard the holy ghost even as I was preaching tonight He said you remember your father said that I said yes He said 2021 will mark I say it by the spirit 2021 will mark the beginnings of the spirit church overtaking the flesh church Because elijah had to overtake them the beginnings of it. I didn't say the climax It may just be the first stages the first impulses the first spikes of it But you're going to start to see a measure of it. And it's going to build and build and build and build during this Hebron season. It's going to build. Because Hebron is for a number of years. We're only in the first one. It's going to build during this season. Where the people of the spirit. The people of prayer. The people of the power of God. Are going to surge past the ones of the flesh. And the ones that are lowering and compromising the standards of the Bible. And the hungry ones out there. And the ones that need great help. They're going to go to these flesh churches and find nothing. They're going to find pie, but they're not going to find the power of God to set their children free from mental torment. They're not going to find the power of God to set their children free from from ADHD and from Down syndrome. They're not going to find the power of God. They're not going to find the power of God in those churches. The power of God's not there. They have a form of godliness, but they deny the power completely because they're flesh buckets. They're carnal buckets. That's right. Amen. And I'm not saying that there's no flesh buckets in our church, so we better watch us so that we don't get filled with pride here. But what I'm saying is we represent, for those that will run with me, we represent people of the spirit, people that are not compromising, people that are unafraid, unashamed, and say, while you're eating, I'm praying. While you're doing your natural carnal thing, I'm going to do the spiritual thing and I'm going to birth something because the season of waiting has come to an end and the season for the rain, the season of the mantle, the season of the power has come. Amen. The season has come. I'm saying it to you. I hope you're listening. The season has come. The season is upon us. He said the new season is upon you. And as he prayed, Taylor, as he set himself apart and sought God's face with all of his heart, It's going to be required of us in this season. When I say this season, I mean these last three months of 2020. It's going to be required of us. Because a price has to be paid for rain to fall. God doesn't pour it out. He doesn't. He doesn't pour it out on flesh. He pours it out on all flesh, Joel, too, but he doesn't pour it out because fleshly people do fleshly things. He pours it out on fleshly people because spiritual people pay a price spiritually. And I'm telling you, there's a price coming and it's not a bad price. So don't be afraid of it. And God will individualize the price to you. God will show every one of you. When you hear what I'm going to share on October the 4th, it will make a lot more sense. But God's going to share, share with every one of you individually. He's going to say, this is what your pastor's doing. I'm not asking you to do. In fact, I don't, think any, I don't think there'll be one person in this church that will do what I do. And if you do do what I do, you better make sure God told you. Because you cannot do that without God telling you and not suffer loss. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, but every one of you, you, God will look and say, Taylor, this is what your pastor's doing. He's your Elijah, he's, 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 he's leading the way, he's, he's being an example. Not out of pride, but because I've led him to do that. Now he's paying a price. The three years is over, mm-hmm. the season of waiting is over. Now is the time to pick up the mantle. Now is the time to sit on the throne. Now is the time to charge into Canaan. Now is the time. 2020 is the year that I've marked, that I've told you about for three years. It's coming. Now is the time to act. Now three quarters of the year have passed and I'll explain to you what each of those quarters meant and we have completely obeyed God. Well, actually, you'll understand when I say it. Three quarters of the year time-wise has passed. But seasonally, only two seasons have passed. We're entering the third season. The fourth season will be in December. But, the, but time-wise, three quarters of the year has passed now as of the end of September, right? We're into, we're into Q3, and now we're about to start Q4. But, but spiritually, two of the seasons have passed, and we're in the third. But, but this, this time now, it's time. It's time. It's time. It's time. It's time to sit down. It's time to pick up the mantle. It's time to pay the price for the rain. It's time for God's power to come. That's why we're entering a new season. And that's why he's asked me to do what he's asked me to do. And I'm going to do it with joy. And it's going to be the lightest, easiest thing I've ever done in my life. And he's going to say to each and every one of you, if you're Elijah and you're not Ahab, he's going to hold up what I'm doing as an example, not to puff me up because I know I'm nothing. And you should know I'm nothing. But he is going to hold that up and he's going to say, now, what is your part to play? Yes. He's going to ask every one of you. He's going to say, "Hortense, what is your part? This is the part I want you to do, my sister, my daughter. He's going to say, Greg, this is what I want you to do. And everybody's part might look a little different. Nobody's part might be exactly the same. But everybody does a part. And between what I'm doing as the leader, but what my wife is doing as the co-leader and what everybody else in the congregation does as a whole group of Elijah's, not a group of Ahab's. When we all do our part, I believe God is going to be pleased and not just what is supposed to come on me and the mantle. It's going to come on the whole church. It's going to come on the whole church. And we're going to end this year. Stronger than we've ever been with the glory of God in us that we've more than we've ever seen. And we're going to enter into a new season, Greg. 2021 is a brand new. This is a new season, October to December, but it's a preparation for this new season starting in 2021. And I'm telling you, there's going to be a bursting forth. There's going to be a bursting forth on me and there's going to be a bursting forth on you. And you better get ready for it. You better get ready for it. I'm telling you, I saw it in the spirit today. I saw people coming with people that are specifically, I don't know why he emphasized that. Because, I mean, there's healings, general healings that we need. Of course, God's going to heal people from all kinds of manner of sickness and disease. But he specified, I saw it in the spirit, people specifically that are demonized and demon possessed, they're going to come. That's why God had me teach for three years on demonology. It's for now. That's why I'm telling you, he was getting us ready. That's why he said the next Bible school you teach on the gifts of the Spirit. Specifically the power gifts. I'm telling you. Because you need that gift of faith when you're casting out devils. There's coming. There's coming. There's coming. I'm telling you, Greg, it's coming. We're going to start to see the beginnings of it next year. It's going to build over this season of Hebron. The seven years that we're in. But it's going to start. But this this glorious end of 2020 is the final act of sacrificial waiting on God to pick up that assignment. That we're gonna to have to run with the rest of this the rest of this Hebron year. It's we're, we're in the most exciting times, Jenny. Amen. We're in the most exciting times. And it's and it's not surprising to me, the arrow, that at the time that is so pivotally critical. In the spirit, I know all month I've been grieved and I've been hurting inside because not that I'm mad at people, but I know that there's people that are letting go. There's people that are just their laziness and their, their just whatever their carnality, they're just, they're letting go of the pace. I can feel that I'm distancing myself from much of the congregation, that they're slowing down in their spiritual run. And I'm in fact, I'm speeding up, but they're slowing down. And there's a distance, there's a gap being formed in the spirit that's happening. And that's why we have to, we have to announce and we have to say, stop, stop that. Stop that. Stop it. Pick up, pick up the slack. Polish your boots, polish your breasts, pick up your socks. Get up in the morning and pray. I don't feel like it. Who cares how you feel? We're in a new season. Get up in the morning and pray and stop being so lazy. Turn the television off and seek God and stop being so, so carnally minded. Stop being so easily offended with people in the congregation. Stop being so lazy, not coming to church. It's ridiculous that, that people are emailing her every week and every service is 12, 15 people. Give her her word that they're coming and they don't show up without a reason, without an excuse, and without an apology. What kind of a congregation does that? Are you listening to me as your pastor? Because I'm upset. I'm upset in my spirit. I'm not upset with you. I'm upset with that kind. Of, that's, that's, that's wrong behavior. That's dishonorable behavior to say you're going to come and not show up and not even apologize. That is ridiculous. You would not do it to your boss or you'd be fired. Don't do it to your pastor. I'm more important than your boss. Jesus is more important than your boss. The local church is more valuable than your workplace. I don't pay you but I give you spiritual food that is far more valuable than a paycheck and yet you treat us, some of you, like dirt. I'm telling you, it makes me angry, Greg. It makes me angry. That is dishonor. That is Ahab behavior. That is Ahab behavior. I'm telling you, the season is coming for change. If you give your word, you better keep your word. I'm telling you. I'm not trying to, I don't, I'm not trying to hurt you, but I felt the Holy Ghost come on me strong to say that. That's not just me being emotional and annoyed. That's the Spirit of God being offended at action. And it's my job as the pastor to open my mouth and speak when it needs to be spoken. You don't know how long for a month I've been wanting to say that. And I keep saying, Lord, I won't say it unless the anointing comes on me. I won't say because if it's done in the flesh, it will cut the sheep and they'll bleed. But if it's done in the spirit, it will be the the staff that corrects them. I don't want to cut you, but I want to correct you. Because some of you need correction in this area. You've made the COVID the excuse for laziness. You've made the COVID reason. Now it's just an excuse. I can't do this and I can't do that. Jesse Daplan has up under the anointing at the last believers convention a few weeks ago. He got up under the spirit of God and he said to all the pastors there and all the pastors watching, he said, shame on some of you. He said, you have used COVID as an excuse for laziness because you're too lazy to preach to the sheep and you're too lazy to meet their needs because you're making the excuse. Well, your churches are still closed and you use an excuse of wisdom and it's not wisdom it's fear and laziness and he rebuked all of them under the anointing he rebuked all of the pastor Nancy told me about it and they need to be rebuked because you should not use a global pandemic as an excuse for your flesh it's the time for your spirit man to rise up and for your flesh to be crucified all the more and for us to surge forward not laid back with sin and with, well, I'm not in the mood. And hey. Come on. It's not right that my associate pastor stands on that stage after practicing for hours in the week and tells me afterward in the green room with tears in his eyes and says, Pastor, I don't know what to do. And I said, what do you mean what do you don't know what to do? They stare at me like this. They won't lift their hands. They won't sing. And I'm trying to build them up and they just stand there like lumps on logs looking at me. And he said, it's got to the point where I have to squeeze my eyes shut and I have to worship Jesus because he's worthy of it. Because God forbid I look at the congregation because I'll lose my sanctification if I do. Yeah. What kind of a church can't lift their hands? What kind of a church we're presenting a worship team that is anointed? We are leading you. We're not asking you to do it on your own. We're saying, join us. And some of you still stand there. Some of you can't even stand. You just want to sit. You're too lazy to even stand. Amen. Amen. you're going to walk into the glory cloud like that you want to see the power of God with an attitude like that why can't you come into this church lift your hands say God I'm so grateful for a church that has a worship team that actually has an anointing because you want go to most churches they don't have an anointing they have a lot of fancy new songs but they don't know the Holy Ghost we have a lot way to go with our skill but we do have the anointing to a measure and we need more of it but at least you have a measure of it available to you lift your hands lift your heart and worship him in spirit and in truth instead of standing like a carnal bucket staring at the worship leader you're an Ahab and you don't even know it i'm telling you you got to hear it some of you got to hear it you got to be shaken because what's coming is not going to permit that kind of nonsense Now, we're not going to have the ushers come behind you and tap you on the shoulder and say, come on, lift your hands now. Come on, lift your hands. We're not doing that. You want to be an Ahab, be an Ahab. But I'm trying to tell you that you're going to miss some things. You're going to miss some rewards. You're going to miss some glory. You're going to miss some opportunities of the Spirit. And God's looking for runners. He's not looking for nappers. He's looking for runners in Hebron. He ran, Jenny. The anointing came on him and he ran. Hebron is more than this year. Hebron is an entire season. This year of praying. Why, Greg? It's because the anointing is going to come on us. And we're going to run. In 2021, we're going to run. And in 22, we're going to run. And we're going to run past the carnal church. And we're going to run right into that glory, that storm of glory. We're going to run right into the middle of it. And we're going to take hurting people. And we're going to see them totally set free. I'm telling you, it's coming, my brother. I don't mean, you'll understand. I say it to you. I'm not angry. The Spirit of God is grieved. There's a difference between me being emotional and trying to hurt you and me speaking passionately under the anointing. And I've wanted to say it for over a month, and I have been restrained. And I've obeyed that restraint. But tonight I heard the Holy Ghost say, say it. So he needs you to hear it. Wake up and let's run together. Heavenly Father, I thank you for the Elijah's. That you have in this ministry, in this church, and in this city. The Elijah's that have been waiting for years. The Elijah's that have been promised. There's a power coming. There's a mantle coming. There's a rain coming. There's a season called Hebron coming. And it's being birthed in 2020. There's a group of Elijah's here, Father, that have long waited for it. And now that we finally tell the king, go do your fleshly thing, we are going to pay the price to get that glory and to get that anointing and to get that outpouring. Father, the season is upon us, a new season. That's what you said by the spirit of the beginning of the service, a new season is upon you. And the storm of glory is on the horizon and it's coming. A new season is upon you. Lord, that new season starts October and then, and it's a, it's a season for three months and then We're going to pick up what we've got during that three months and we're going to run like Elijah. We're going to run with the supernatural power of God on us like he ran and overtake horses. We're going to run in the Spirit. We're going to run in 2021. We're going to run in 2022. We're going to run right through Hebron. We're going to see the power of God come. We're going to see it come. We're going to see it come. And these precious people, these sinners and saints alike that have been bound by the powers of hell, a great and glorious freedom is coming unto them. And it shall be announced and it shall not be hidden in the back room. It shall be proclaimed from the mountaintop that Jesus is king and that the glory of God is available to set people free and that demons will bow their knee at his name through our words. Because I heard him say there's an anointing coming on you. There's a special anointing coming on you, a new anointing, a fresh anointing coming on you at the end of this season, meaning in December. There's an anointing coming on you to cast out devils, son. I've been asking God for that for years. John Lake prayed, spent a season of time praying before he went to Africa. And at the conclusion of that season, God said to him, an anointing to cast out devils has now come upon you. And from that moment forward, his ministry was marked by that phenomenon I've been asking God for that for years that was one of the main reasons I went last year and fasted for three days and nights in Africa for that mantle for the for the continent of Africa and our ministry there that was one of the things I talked to him about I said Lord with where we're seeing the world go and the darkness go and the demons they're just they're just they're manifesting literally behind every bush it seems they're just swarming they're like bees they're swarming and the church is silent The church is silent. Doesn't seem like there's hardly anybody. Maybe I can count on one hand the number of people and pastors that are standing up strong and saying, come, if you're bound, I'll cast it out of you and you'll be set free. Seems that nobody's talking about it because they're all secret sensitive. I said, Lord, you're going to have to give us that anointing like you did John Lake. He has never spoken to me of it. Even when I asked him, he didn't say anything. I was talking to him for years before that. He's never said anything. I've talked to him from that time last April, May to today. He's never said anything. This is the first time he's ever spoken to me about it tonight. This is a a very important, for me personally, this is a very monumental night because I've been talking to him about this for years, Jenny. He's never said it to me. He said it to me tonight. He said at the end of this season, at the end of the year, a new anointing will come upon you to cast out devils. And you have no idea how necessary that is. Hallelujah. Jesus said... Go into all the world and preach the gospel. In my name they shall cast out devils. In my name they shall lay hands on the sick and they shall be healed. In my name that they drink any deadly thing it shall not hurt them. In my name they shall speak with new tongues. And they preached the word. And God confirmed the word with signs and wonders following father we need these signs and wonders we need them to confirm the mighty word of god we feel like we're in a lion's den we feel like darkness is all around us between the laws of the land and the carnality of the nation we feel like we're the we're little lights but we're surrounded by a sea of evil we need the power of god we need it like never before we need it we need it to shine a bright light we need the world to know that there is still a God there is still a son of God and there is still a church that believes on his name and is unashamedly proclaiming his works we need the anointing father we need it we need it in a much more dramatic fashion than we've ever had it and that's why I know you're telling us tonight the season of prayer is upon you the new season of 2021 is about to dawn you do this you seek me and I'll give you what you need And you'll see that you have the arsenal to match the powers of hell. And so I thank you, Father, for it. Lord, let them receive what I said under the Spirit to correct. Let them receive it in the Spirit that I meant it and that you meant it, Father. It is not to hurt and it is not to cut. It is to correct because some of them, they need a correction tonight. They have slacked off and they have let go in the realm of the Spirit and they need to pick it back up and they need to start running. And so, Father, I thank you that the right-hearted ones have an ear to hear what the Spirit of God is saying. They have an eye to see what the Spirit of God is doing, and they do it tonight. And they are swept afoot, not dove, and they begin to run. Those that have slowed, they increase their pace right now. And I thank you, Father, in the name of Jesus. Father, we have one more week. I'm coiled like a spring ready to pop. We have one more week, Father, three more services, and I will finish that series like you told me to finish it. But I thank you for that anointing on October the 4th to proclaim and that the people would receive the word of the Lord, for it is a word of the Lord. And it's going to be the beginning of this overlapping season that will start to manifest in 2021. I thank you for it, Father. Could you just lift your hands with me? Father, we receive your word tonight. We thank you that we'll be, a, we'll be Elijah's, not Ahab's. We'll do our part, whatever that is. You'll show us our individual part and responsibility, and we'll do it with all of our heart in this last three months of the year. Father, we want to be counted worthy. We want, to, we want you to be pleased with us. We want to run in Hebron. We want to bring your glory. We want to be used for your might. So we thank you. We receive tonight what the Spirit of God said through our pastor. We receive both the encouragement and the correction alike. And we leave here with pure hearts, unoffended, and grateful that the Holy Ghost has helped us. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. And everybody said, amen and amen. Praise God.